don't should on yourself. Don't hang out with people because you should. Um, Hang out with the people that do fill you up. Hang out with the people and and surround yourself by like-minded people in the ways that you want to be, you know, and, and enjoying their company, you know. And so even if you, you know, want to hang out with your family, there are certain people that maybe you don't want to hang out with as much and that's okay. Like, don't worry about it. Don't shame yourself into having to do things and spending your time with the wrong people in the wrong places because life is so short and we all know this. Um, but just being really intentional and then knowing that saying yes to something is saying no to something else. So if you hang out with that other person, you are saying no to how you could also be spending that time if you said no to that, right? And so like knowing that each thing that you say yes to is a no to something else and each thing that you say no to is a yes to something else. Welcome to the Ad Valued Entrepreneurs Podcast, the place where we help entrepreneurs to not hate their boss. Our mission is to end entrepreneurial unhappiness. If you dream of changing the world, but you're not sure where to start, the Ad Valued Entrepreneurs Podcast will help you transform your life and business. This podcast is for entrepreneurs who want more freedom and fulfillment from their work so they can live the life that they desire. You deserve it, and it is possible. My name is Robert Peterson, former passer turned CEO and the smiling coach. I believe that success without happiness is failing, but there is hope. Join us each week as we bring you an inspiring leader or message to help you. Thanks for investing time with us today. After over a decade working with visionaries as an executive assistant and head of operations, Summer Slevin created the Time Rich Method to help identify and delegate tasks that are not within an entrepreneur's area of expertise or passion. This method aims to empower entrepreneurs to focus on their strengths and delegate the rest, creating more freedom and simplicity in their businesses. Summer Slevin shares with Robert how she went from working as a virtual executive assistant to a passionate entrepreneur. She uses the tools she created working with successful leaders to become a successful entrepreneur herself. Now she's empowering others to build and scale successful online businesses. If you're an entrepreneur who started their business with a purpose and a passion that has been lost in the busyness of the daily grind, we get it. That is why we've opened up our free strategy calls. A lot of entrepreneurs, probably including you, just want a sense of clarity on the barriers holding them back that you need to overcome in order to accelerate your growth and achieve your dreams. These short 30-minute calls give you a chance to work with one of our coaches without any commitment or pressure. Scheduling is easy. Just go to smilingcall.com. Let's jump on a call and get you the help and clarity you need. Select a time and let's build your business. It's time for you to add value. Well, Summer, thank you so much for jumping on the show today. I'm excited to have our conversation and share your wisdom with the world. (laughs) Well, I'm excited to be here and I'm happy to share whatever I can. All right. So I normally just ask our guests to share their own personal entrepreneurial journey and kind of use that as a jumping off point for the rest of the conversation. Oh, okay, cool. Interesting. Um, So my entrepreneurial journey started as executive assistant to many entrepreneurs. So it's just kind of one entrepreneur after the next. It started when I was 18 and um, just, I just caught the bug pretty early on that I just love being around the unique minds of entrepreneurs. And I myself am very visionary minded, but I also am very process oriented. And so being an executive assistant was really fun for me. Uh, Every time I was an executive assistant, I would really like 
create processes for what I was doing, get everything documented so I didn't have to repeat myself. And then I would often train people into the positions that I was holding and then just kind of level up each time. Uh, so that was kind of how I experienced many different elements of different people's businesses and just the operations, the marketing, the human resources, all of the different elements of it, delivery and copywriting and all that. Um, I got a degree in journalism, so I just love meeting people, telling stories, listening to people share their stories. Um, so I also kind of intertwine that in my work too, just really getting to know people um, and trying to ask the right questions. Then I moved into operations, did head of operations for a while, um, and then in a roundabout way became an integrator for an entrepreneur, learned what the word meant, learned EOS, and um, started just applying it to some of the tools and templates I'd already created over the last decade and then just decided to go off on my own um scored 8181 on the visionary integrator assessment which is the crystallizer eos stuff um so i realized like i love to implement but i also love to lead and create a vision so i decided to start my own company to do both of those things and um to get excited to wake up every morning and now I have never had so much fun in my life. My whole mission this last year was to work less and make more. And I did it, baby. I did it through tracking data, making sure I was on track, um, through really focusing on just service and delivering to my clients and then advocating for my boundaries and being relentless in the pursuit of what sets my soul on fire. And I did all those things and I've never been happier. And I cannot recommend being an entrepreneur enough to the people who are called to it. I love that. So, yeah, we talk a lot with our clients and and on the show a lot about designing the life that you want and then building the business to support it. And and I think a lot of people go, you know, what? How's that possible, right? Because they start a business, the business takes over their life, and they're not they're not intentional with a plan from the very beginning. And so so talk a little bit about the power of that intention and the power of of building it to be what you want it to be from the very beginning. Yeah. Oh, I love planning. Um, so that really does help. Uh, but really finding people around me for that external accountability for ongoing planning is really important because it's so easy to get in the weeds and not take that bird's eye view out. Um, for me, starting my business, I was really strategic about knowing exact numbers, like what does it mean to work less? And so I knew that I wanted to work 25 hours a week or less in order to meet that criteria. Then I had to track my time to make sure that that was actually happening and then um, audit that and readjust for what I needed to do, right? Like certain might be a little bit more, but then I need to be aware. I keep butting against this goal that I have. I really need to readjust, re-examine my priorities. What is making more mean? So what's the actual number associated with that? And um, then just being really strategic to say no to the things that won't move me in that direction and to filter things through both of those as my filter. Um, so does this actually help me work less and make more? Does creating a new website help me make more um, and work less? Or does it just help me make more but not work less or you know, vice versa? So just filtering all these decisions through that and then creating core values for myself. So I'm really big on just creating the filters um, for focus. And I think that's really important to know where you want to go. Um, and like Elizabeth Gilbert says, um, if you don't know where you want to go, that's okay. If you don't have a passion, that's okay. Just chase your curiosity. And I think that's a really good thing to do as well within reason because entrepreneurs are often curious about a lot of different things. 
So really try to trying for myself to follow one through to fruition um, before I go to the next shiny object um, has been really helpful. And my boyfriend is very helpful in helping me filter things too. So having someone in your corner and on your team, that's really going to help you be like, that's a great idea. Why not just wait and think about it and like let it settle and percolate before we make the decision. That's really helpful too. So having people in your corner is probably the number one thing to help me get through being an entrepreneur. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to get back to people, but let's talk a little bit about the boundaries and the, and the value of boundaries in, in that decision-making, because obviously setting a goal is, is one thing, taking that goal to the, to the place where you actually start putting boundaries around the things that are important to you um, really, really does make a decision in how you make decisions, you know? So knowing your purpose, knowing what you, what it is that you really want, knowing your goal and, and keeping the alignment of those two so that your decision-making matches is is very is a very powerful exercise, um, but it's one that not very many people um, do very well on their yeah. own for sure. So so talk talk a little bit about how those boundaries help you make decisions, and and maybe you can share an example. Yeah, I think that's a really great question because it can be hard to have boundaries when you know there's so much out there that's really exciting and there's so many possibilities and there's so many great ideas, right? Um, so there's a lot of things that I kind of employ as uh, a help to get my boundaries in place. Like one is if it's not a hell yes, it's a no. So that's always nice to think about, but you don't really know what a hell yes is until you really feel it. And then it's like, Oh, this is what it is. That means that all of the maybes are just easy no's. So that's really important to think about for me. Also, another thing important to say no is trusting that the right things will come. And that's just been through a history of seeing that that is the case for my life. It's like I can trust that all the right things will flow to me. I don't have to hustle and attract and say yes to everything because I know that if I say no to this, another thing will come that's even better and even more in alignment. So just getting really clear about that has helped me keep my boundaries. And then also just checking in consistently with my body and with my goals, those two things, um, knowing intuitively that this isn't the right opportunity or this isn't the right person to work with or this isn't the right person to hire or this isn't how I should be spending my time. That's really important. But then really getting clear about what am I trying to do here? And again, being around people who remind you of that why is really nice too. Like I just was talking in my mastermind about, um, you know, things that people were taking away from 2022. And one person was like, it's all about service. Like as soon as I start spending more than 50% of my time focusing on what I want to get out of my business, I know that I'm not focusing that time on serving my clients. And I was like, yes, that's so brilliant. So that helps me filter in and set my boundaries even better to hear those re like re-energizing, re-clarifying words from her. I'm like, yeah, I'm spending probably 60% of my time right now on operations and creating my own processes and creating the business that I want. But if I could spend that time reallocate 20 more percent on serving my clients, that could take me to the next level. That can take my business to the next level. And that really is helping me create my boundaries too. And then last thing I'll add on this, because I could just go on and on, is I know that I'm making an impact on the world with every decision I make. And if I want my clients 
to be working less and making more, which is what I want them to do, then I have to embody that too. And I have to not check my email at night and respond to their email immediately because I, it's, it's not as urgent. And if I'm teaching them that not everything is urgent, I have to live that too. And so that's been a really good filter for me too, is like, how can I take my own medicine right now? Love that. So a couple of things, but love the people. Obviously, you've got some great relationships. So so let's talk about these these connections. And obviously, you have some mentor connections that are keeping you accountable, mastermind that that's that's helping to elevate your game. But I think one of the boundary things that people, you know, obviously the gurus talk about you become the you know the amalgam of the five people that you hang around the most. Well, let's talk about the boundary of keeping yourself away from the people that don't believe in your dream and don't believe that, you know, well, you're only 24. You can never do that. Right. The naysayers. So how do you protect yourself from and create boundaries around those relationships that aren't moving you forward and aren't elevating, you know, bringing you to the next level? I think that's such a good question. And I once heard this at a conference I went to that, um, even though you have you have to have certain people in your life, the family members that you love, but maybe don't have the same mission or vision as you and are maybe negative or whatever, but you love them and you still want to be around them. For every one person that you have in that hand, you have to have five more to weigh them out in the other hand. And I think that's a really important thing too. Like you don't want to cut out every relationship that you have just because it's not completely in alignment with who you are and who you want to be. But I've been thinking about this so much, Robert. Like I have been really thinking about this this last couple of weeks, really, because I went home and I visited my family for a couple of weeks. And I was, I just, I adore them. I like, they are just, I want to be around them as much as possible, but there is a lot of important boundaries that I have to put in place because they're not in alignment with a lot of the same things that I am in alignment with. And that's totally fine. But that means that I need to kind of be around the people who are really positive, really empowering, um, believe in entrepreneur, believe in getting rich, believe in setting boundaries, believe in making money and working less and that all the possibility. So I think it's really nice to still be around all different kinds of people, but be really clear about what you are consuming and taking in. Right. And so I, I was just talking to my partner about this. I'm like, what inspires you about me that you want to be more like? And what inspires me about you that I want to be more like? And what are the characteristics that we don't really want to pick up from each other? Because your partner is who you're around the most, right? So they're going to have even more of an impact on you. They're going to be like two out of the five probably, right? And so being really clear about what you want to pick up, but what boundaries you need to put in place even when you're around that person so you're not picking up their whatever, you know, more skeptical worldview or whatever it is that you don't want to embody that. Um, just be really intentional about all of that. And then also don't should on yourself. Don't hang out with people because you should, um, hang out with the people that do fill you up, hang out with the people and, and surround yourself by like-minded people in the ways that you want to be, you know, and, and enjoying their company, you know? And so even if you, you know, want to hang out with your family. There are certain people that maybe you don't want to hang out with as much and that's okay. Like, don't worry about it. Don't shame yourself into having to do things and spending your time with the wrong people in the wrong places because life is so short and we all know this, um, but just being really intentional and then knowing that saying yes to something is saying no to something else. So if you hang out with that other person, you are saying no to how you could also be spending that time 
if you said no to that, right? And so like knowing that each thing that you say yes to is a no to something else and each thing that you say no to is a yes to something else. So it's like, you just have to be intentional. Hmm, so good. All right, you mentioned earlier uh, checking in with your body to know whether or not this is the right thing for you or if this is the right decision. Dig in a little more there because obviously not everybody is is in tune with their body and 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 mind body and spirit alignment is is a stretch for for a lot of people and so help help understand how how do you how do you open yourself up to asking your body hey is this decision right yeah gosh i think that that's a really you're just asking such good questions robert <laughs> i think that's a really good question i do not think it is automatic for most people in this society because I don't think it's something that we encourage throughout our lives as, as children and as adults for you to just slow down and ask yourself without asking everyone else around you what you need um, and knowing that intuitively. So it is a practice of checking in. Um, and for me, it was definitely not a practice that I just picked up like that. Um, it was something that through exercising the muscle of slowing down, of listening, of pausing. And I'm, I'm still not great at it sometimes, but I mean, you can even see my necklace is, is the pause sign. So it's like pausing. That was a Christmas present for myself two years ago to be like, Summer, slow down, pause before making decisions, pause before proceeding. Only in that moment, that wedge that you create between some sort of stimuli and the reaction, that's the only, that's, the wedge is what is the check-in. You know, if you can get that wedge in there and if you can make that a little bit broader, you can you can really slow down and check in. And once you start getting in the habit of checking in, you can start getting in the habit of, of listening for those intuitive clues. And I really like, I don't remember who it was, but they talked about how the gut feeling feels expansive. It feels expansive. And you know that that's a gut feeling. And it doesn't feel urgent. My gut has never felt urgent it's never felt like a screaming thing. It's, you know, unless I was like in danger, but if I'm making a decision, the urgency is more of the fear, the constriction, the fear of like, oh, I might not ever get this again. This is such a good price. I, I should just take this course now. I should, all these like if urgent things that make me feel like this, like those aren't the right decisions for me. Like the things that help me feel expansive and at peace, those are the decisions I want to follow. Those are the decisions that have never led me wrong. So good. I, I'm a huge advocate on that sales side that if it, if it feels rushed, stop. Like mm -hmm. if the price is good today and they're a fair person, it'll be good tomorrow. And, and I know that most sales, most sales online, especially this, this whole space, the urgency and the, they, I mean, so many are creating false, you know, fake urgency and they're lying and, and, and really breaking the law in a lot of ways um, mm -hmm. because they're manipulating people instead of, you know, creating true urgency. And, and, and I get, I get the psych psychology of it, right. I get, you know, um, Robert Cialdini is a great teacher and, and he's passed on some really great things about how the brain works. But the way you mentioned my guts never felt urgency. And so if yeah. I get this tightness in my gut and, it, and that's being fear driven and, and I don't want to make the decision from that space of, of fear of fight or flight. I want to make a decision from 
from calm, this feels right. All right, mm -hmm. let's, I'm all in, let's go. Right. Yeah. And, and I think, I think there's a reason so many people don't complete online courses. Like, you know, 85% of people buy online courses and they don't ever even open them. Yeah. And I think it, a lot of that is people are buying them from that sense of urgency, but that's not the sense that engages in an online course. That's yeah. the sense that spends the money, pulls out the credit card because they feel like they're obligated to take advantage of it right now. But for us that cares about people and, and wanting people to get to another level in their life, right? Wanting to impact the world in a more meaningful way. I don't want to sell somebody a course that they're not going to take. Right. That's utterly ridiculous. Right. Yeah. And, and I know that there's a lot of people out there that just obviously they want to make money online and, and they're fine with people not taking their course. But I'm not. I'm, that's I want people to 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 take it. I want people to 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 grow from it and change and and experience a different life because of it. And if they don't, I don't want their money. <laughs> I mean, that, and that's the space that I want to be in. And so I want to be able to create the sense of urgency that brings somebody in in a calm right and, and allows them to to make a transaction in a way that feels like, hey. I've got this problem. You've got this great solution. Let's work together. And it's the right time. Yeah. I, I just, I've been thinking about this so much, so it's really timely for me, but this is a part of, I think, being just a nice human, which is one of my core values as a person. But I, I've been thinking about this because I am around very successful entrepreneurs that are so inspiring to me. And they use tactics that are so inspiring and work for them really well. And then when I apply it to my business, it doesn't feel right. So uh, this is an example. The other day, I actually sent um, an email because I am raising my prices because I have limited time. And I, now I have more people. I want to work with bigger companies and make more of an ROI for them. So I want to like in increase what I'm doing, right? But I had quoted somebody a different price and I was like, I'm just going to give you till the end of the year. If you make a deposit, I'll, you know, honor the price. And I sent that email because that's what you do and it creates urgency. And then as soon as I sent it, I felt icky and I was like, why do I feel icky? And then I thought, how would I want to be treated and how do I want to be um, talked to when I'm talking to other business owners? And I thought, you know what? No. So I emailed her back and I was like, just kidding. You know what? I will honor that price for any time for you. If, if I quoted a price to you, I will honor that. And so if you ever choose to work with me, that's going to be your price. Don't worry about it. And that, sending that email was like, oh, okay, this is so in alignment with what I want other people to make me feel like, but also just how I want people to feel like everything that I'm doing in the world is making an impact, either positive or negative. If I can be really intentional about that being positive, that's that's it. Like, and I, I just think that's the ripple that you create. And in creating my website, I didn't want it to be salesy. I wanted it to be transformational because if you walk away from just even seeing my website and you feel hope, even if you don't want to work with me or even if you like are not at the level to be able to work with me, I want you to feel like there is hope. And then I just give you groundwork and, and a plan for the next step. And that to me is like, that's the value, right? And like when it's the right time, you're gonna to come to me because you're like, yeah, some are like, we vibe. And if we don't, then you'll go to someone else and that's totally fine. There's there's enough out there, you know? Like there's there's no scarcity in that. And so I just, I feel like just, that is a part of listening to your body too, just knowing what is right for you. Maybe the urgency is right for your people. Maybe that's fine, you know? But for me, it's just not in alignment with what I want and that's okay. 
I love it. We will be right back after this short break. This episode is sponsored by Perfect Publishing, a different approach to publishing a book. Perfect Publishing carefully chooses heroes of hope who exemplify living a life they created through faith, hope, patience, and persistence. No matter what page you open to in this mini cube of hope, you will find a leader with a big heart. You will see you are not alone. The authors may share similar challenges that only hope and action could resolve. Get your free ebook at getadoseofhope.com. Welcome back. Let's get back to more greatness. I love that you honored it and and even recognized what that that it didn't feel right and and you went back and 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 remade the offer, right? Because a lot of times we get that hint, we get that that instinct, that the little gut feeling, oh, that's just something right, but we ignore it, yeah, right. And then and then there's not alignment between our language and our core values and our website, right? Because obviously when you're creating your website, it's based on, on who you are on the inside and, and, and that's what comes out. And if there's not alignment, people will sense it. They'll know, they just, they'll read it and they won't, it won't be right. And they won't, they won't recognize why they'll just be like, huh, whatever. And they'll move on. Yeah. But if it's, if it, if it is true and they they get into your website and they're like, wow, man, I heard her on that podcast and now I'm looking at her website and it's like, this is beautiful. This is, there's, there's, there's just something here, right? Cause that energy is what is what really comes through your words and comes through the, the website. Even, even a website that has the perfect words, if it was put together with the wrong energy, I think people can tell. And, yeah. and, and yeah, there's, there's plenty of thieves out there and, and all of us have this, um, you know, this bent towards distrust at this point of the mm-hmm. online space, right? Because all of us have felt like there's just so many people swindling, right? Every email you get is like, man, is this real? Is this, <laughs> can I trust this person? And so we need more and more people out there just doing good. So I love that you're focused on just being a nice human. Like I can have a website and just be a nice human. I can, I can get on podcasts and just be a nice human and, and we can have conversations and people can start to hear that there are just nice humans out there trying to, trying to make a difference for people. I honestly believe that most, most people are good. I mean, yes, like, yes. Agreed wholeheartedly. The, the majority yeah. are good. All of us yeah. have been overwhelmed by, by the bad email and the bad, you know, the what? auto emails and what? the auto texts and the auto, the yeah. auto phone calls. Um, and, and so it, it feels like at times yeah, that the, there, there's a majority of bad, right? But the truth is there's still a small minority. They're just, they're just sending so many automated messages. Yeah. I don't think they're even doing bad. They're just following the formula that they've been given and they think, and well, I, I think of that all the time. I tell my, I, tell my dad all the time. I was like, cause my poor dad checks in with me all the time about this scam or that scam. And, and, and he's like, is this real or is that real? Or, and I'm glad he checks. Cause at least he's checking in. And, and I'm like, yeah, you know, if those people would spend the same amount of time that they're spending trying to get scam people, if they spent yeah. that same energy in creating something good, they'd be making some incredible stuff because they're <laughs> committed like if you get on the phone with some of these people, they're committed to the, to the, to the game. And I'm like, you know, if you switch to the, if you switch sides, you could, you could do <laughs> some incredible good in the world. Right. Anakin. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> oh, 
Nice Star Wars reference. I love it. <laughs> yeah. So good. So obviously you got involved as a, as a virtual assistant and, and you've grown yourself and, and you have a great deal of confidence. So how, how did you develop that confidence and, 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 and grow yourself alongside these? Because not, I mean, obviously all of those entrepreneurs have had great employees, great VAs, um, but not all of them start their own companies. What makes <laughs> summer, what makes summer different? Uh, the time rich method. I tell you, like, I mean, it's honestly, there's no such, there's no such thing as confidence that doesn't come from results. I really don't think that, like, I think you can fake confidence, but if you don't get results, you're, you're just having Bravo or something. But, um, but being able to like, see that it's transformed people's businesses. Like, I don't think there's a better drug in the world than a client that comes to me and said, oh my gosh, this really works. Or like, just tells me that they love me or like tells me that they look forward to our calls every week or that like I was the best investment they made all year. That is so cool. I mean, I don't think there's, I wouldn't want any other drug. Like there's nothing better. And I think that creates just inevitably it creates confidence. And um, I made a decision this last year to do a slow grow. I wanted to grow slowly. I wanted to get to know my people. I wanted to like just be really selective about who I worked with and how I helped them. Because if I'm going to make the world a better place, I'm going to pick businesses that make the world a better place. And then I'm going to help them increase their message by helping with their operations flowing more smoothly. So I need to be very clear about who I was working with. And I just started working with such brilliant people and started like helping save them eight hours plus a week on administrative tasks or, you know, things that they could eliminate, automate or delegate. And it just created this like sense of, uh, I don't know, every morning I'm just like, I'm so stoked about creating processes and helping people find the right people and, and auditing things and their time and, and people. And it just, it works. It works to just get out of the weeds for one hour a week and look at your operations and look at your foundational stuff. I mean, look at Southwest Airlines, like they needed to spend more time on their operations. Like, so I know what I am doing is impacting businesses at every level because if you don't focus on your operations, if you don't focus on documenting your processes and making sure that they're followed by all, and if you don't make sure you're the right people are in the right seats doing the right things, if you don't have rhythms and routines in your company and a focus filter for how you're using your time and what the 1% is, you're, you're spinning your wheels. At some point, you can't scale to the point where you want to be because you max out on your time, you know? And so it's like, this is needed. And so I have so much confidence behind it because I see it working and I see how much it's needed and I just love doing it. <laughs> so, so yeah, it's just easy. It's easy to have energy behind it. Nice. So you talked about narrowing your niche and, and the, the slow, choosing the slow grow. So, mm. so let's talk about who's that, who's that ideal client that you narrow down to the, the, the most minute detail. So that, mm. so that you knew these were your people. Yeah. Well, first off, I want to be able to get energy from them because I'm going to be engaging with them constantly. And if they drain my energy, it drains my business and every aspect of it. So I want them to be people that I get energy from that I want to become more like because I'm hanging out with them. And I made a decision a long time ago that I would never work with anybody that I don't want to become more like. And that meant all my employers. And it also meant the employees I worked with. Right. And so I'm, I have a lot of boundaries with that. Um, so that means my clients too. So that's one thing. 
the people who specifically work with me, I never want to be more than, I never want them to invest more than 5% of their whole revenue. So I make sure that my, my price point is, is the value I want to deliver, but I make sure that I'm working with the businesses who can afford that as well, because I never want it to feel like it's a drain or a strain on their business. They're ready to invest in my services in order to scale. So that's pretty clear about the actual like revenue that they make. Um, I want to work with people who are ready to let go to grow. And so I don't want to work with people who are, you know, control freaks or who don't want to let go of any element of their business uh, or who are so overwhelmed and stressed that they can't imagine spending one hour a week working on foundational things. So it's really clear. They also need to have invested in a membership, a mastermind, a coach, something high level um, so that I'm not their first big investment so that they're not thinking, oh my gosh, I don't want that energy. I don't want that energy of like fear to really interrupt the, the process that we're doing together. So I really am very clear about who I work with. And then I love my clients. Like every person I've worked with, I want to toss a football with. In fact, three of them I have. And <laughs> actually more than three, yeah, I think four. And so I've actually like, I want to be able to, to play, right? And, and just be able to hang out with them and know that these are my people. And then I want to work with their people, right? And so the referrals is how I've gotten all of my business so far. All of it has been through word of mouth or somebody overhearing me literally in my co-working space um, or referrals. And so I love working with my people. And so therefore, I'd probably love working with their people. And so that's how I've been intentionally growing. That's who I want to be around. And so that's, yeah, that's my niche. <laughs> that's fantastic. And so many of those are areas people, most entrepreneurs probably wouldn't think about when they're thinking about who they want to work with, right? They're, they're thinking about, you know, why are they male or female? Are they millennials or Gen Xers? Are they, you know, a certain type of business, you know, and, and of course, do they have a credit card? Um, <laughs> you know, I mean, Alex Hermosi has got three good categories, you, you know, when he talks about in hundred million dollar offers, they, you've got to have at least these three minimums, right? That they've got to have a problem that you can solve. They've got to be targetable so you can find them someplace, you know where to find them and, and they've got to have the resources. And so I like that you, you know, you identify, you don't want them to spend more than 5% of their revenue on, on your program. And so that, that's a, that's a person that can afford your services. Yeah. So those, those are, those are really valuable. Yeah. And I've just chosen not to do, um, I'm sorry. <laughs> no, you're good. Go ahead. Uh, I just chose not to do standard marketing. I'm a, I'm a high ticket offer or whatever, you know? And so I um, really build relationships with people. I only work with people pretty much that know, like, and trust me because that's who's going to do that. Or, or they've heard about me from somebody else. They really know, like, and trust, you know? And that's really sacred to me. I never want to tarnish that relationship or their relationship with whoever recommended me. Um, so I don't do, you know, the standard Facebook ads or... I, like I, I've decided not to. I did have a, a course for how to hire a VA. And then I was like, well, I actually, I don't really need to diversify yet. Maybe that'll come, but I really just love what I'm doing now. And so I want to just attract more people like this. So my, my marketing is really just talking to people, um, referral, talking to masterminds um, and, and teaching. So like teaching in workshops, teaching in the masterminds so that people walk away with value. Um, so it's not just 
like hearing my Facebook video or, you know, which is totally fine. That's absolutely works for people. Um, I just have chose not to, chosen not to like hustle or invest a lot in a nurture sequence or marketing. I want everything to just be trusting the right people will come to me and just focusing on the, the one thing that works the best and putting all my resources in that, the one thing. So that's fantastic. So good. All right. So let's talk. We talked a little bit about your personal growth journey and, and personal development. What does what does summer do to, to take care of yourself? What are some of your non-negotiable routines in a day? Ooh, routines. <laughs> well, um, I'm not sure. I think I think you and I have talked about the um Enneagram. The Enneagram. I don't know how you pronounce it, but um Most I'm a yeah. So um, I am the enthusiast, right? And so I just need a couple of like boundary routines and then I need free time and flexibility. And so I schedule out, you know, my calls that I have. Um, I have my VA do a call either once a week or sometimes more just for external accountability because I love doing all the fun things, but I have external accountability to work on things. Um, I have like a rhythm. So I check in with my business every single month. Uh, and I just have an air table that I created and it just sends me an alert and I just check in and I say, Summer, what can you eliminate, automate, delegate this month? Um, what are you working on? What's draining you outside of your work? Like, is there anything you can do there? So I just do like a self-assessment every single month. And I try to take my own medicine. So I try to do what I encourage my clients to do. Um, and I have just routine calls. But then I also have the external accountability of belonging to Jamie's Bright's, uh, Jamie Bright's mastermind. And that creates rhythms for accountability. You have a hot seat to help you break through, um, you know, a bottleneck that you have. We also have quarterly calls. So that's helpful to have that external routine. Uh, but to fill up my soul, I just play. I have to have play in my life. I have to watch really fun movies. I have to read that completely consume me. I have to take bubble baths. I have to play with my dog on the floor. Um, I have like a little trampoline in my living room that I just jump on. I just got a new uh, projector. <laughs> so I just, I just want to have fun. Um, I do improv uh, just, you know, like just fun things. I hang out with a lot of my girlfriends and um, I do a lot of painting and creative things and cooking. So I just, I need it to be, I need my life to be very full and fun because I'm a set, right? I need a lot of excitement and energy and different things. Um, but I also get a lot of the energy and excitement from working with different clients. Um, even though we have, you know, a lot of the same routine things that we look at at a customized roadmap we follow a lot of the same processes and systems and tools and templates. I'm working with diverse clients in diverse businesses and that keeps me super engaged and recharged. So yeah, lots of different things. Nice. All right. So let's dig into the, this improv thing a little bit. We talked <laughs> about confidence and, and your ability to speak from the stage and share how, how has improv changed how summer shows up behind the mic? Oh, that's interesting. So I actually did Toastmasters for a while, too. And I think that helped break that initial ice of um, it not really being about you, it being about the content that you're delivering and how you're showing up, right? Um, not making it this personal thing that everybody's looking at me. They're really just, you know, you're engaging them in the content, right? Um, but improv makes you 
step outside of your comfort zone. Like you're a spider, you're a spider right now. You have to be a spider on stage. You know, now you're an old man, you're an old man on stage, you know, like now you're somebody's mom. So like you're switching into all of these characters and you're just embarrassing yourself. I'm, I'm sobbing on stage. I'm screaming at my mom. Like you're stepping into all these characters and it's just making you, I mean, my face gets red to this day, but especially at first I'm like, Oh my God, I cannot believe I'm being a spider on stage right now. Like this is so embarrassing. You know, and you're like, I'm being so silly. This is, this is so embarrassing, but it's so funny. And people are just getting like bubbling up with laughter and joy watching you be a spider on stage or whatever it is. And you're just, you're just having fun. And I think as an adult, you lose that sense of play and silliness and not having it to everything be based in this reality that can be very serious. Um, and so I think play, no matter how you get it, is so important in your life. Um, mm. In my life, at least, it's just been a very good way to balance. Um, you know, I just, I think it's, I think it's a fun thing in relationships. My partner and I are very playful and I think that helps us not take everything so seriously. Um, I'm very playful with my clients. They have fun, um, but we get things done. And so I think that those things are really important to have equal parts of. All right. So let's, let's dig into the improv thing, obviously acting out and, and the, the rule is, is yes. And yes. And. Yes, and because because you ruin everything if you just say, "Well, no, I don't want to be a spider." Right? No, but <laughs> and then and then the and then, and then the whole the whole gag stops, and the audience looks at you like, "What what just happened?" And all the other people on stage look at you like, "Well, you just ruined everything, right?" But that ability to oh, to they just roll with it <laughs> go to go with it. So how does how's that helped in some of your business decision making? Well, I think actually my yes and mentality that I had before improv helped me in improv, right? Because nice. before improv, I still, I had a very yes and life. I lived in a van. I made a podcast for people I met in the national parks. I've traveled to Africa and Australia and all, you know, I've, I've had this very full, yes, okay, let me see. And now actually learning the no has been helpful too. And nice. so that's actually been almost the more helpful thing for me is not saying yes to everything, but saying, hmm, yeah, that feels good. That feels right. But when it comes to kind of just not, I think more importantly than the yes and is, yes, what does this make possible? So mm -hmm. the things that are not in my control, I've really taken a different mentality of, okay, so you're you're the old man now. What does this make possible for my character? Okay, now you're really angry. What's this make possible for my character? Like, right? Okay, why are you angry? Why, why are we a husband and wife? Like, what was our backstory? Like, really asking more questions and digging into more of that. Okay, now what does this make possible? So when I hit business blocks, I'm thinking to myself, okay, this is hard. I'm going to let myself feel that, yeah, I just lost this client. That was really hard. You know, my first client that I had that, you know, it just didn't work out because we didn't, it, the boundaries thing. Um, it was like really hard to make these decisions and it felt just difficult to get through it. And then as soon as I was able to feel the emotion really within just a very short period of time, I was like, okay, well, no, no, no. What does this make possible? 
what does having this knowledge that I have now and what does having this experience that I've had, and what does now knowing where I want to go more clearly make possible? And I think that's a really important thing because as an entrepreneur, things will happen, right? Like not everything is good. Most most entrepreneurs don't experience just an upward trajectory of awesomeness all the time, right? They will lose a client or they will lose members or their their technology will break down or their website will collapse during a launch or, 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 right? right. Like things will happen. Um, things will happen externally outside of your business. Um, things will be hard sometimes. So, and it's not always easy to have the positive thinking. And I'm not saying that you should always think positive because I think you should be realistic too. And you should know, you should let yourself feel, but I think it's important to ask what, what this made possible. What, you know, like having to fire somebody, what, what does that make possible for you? Even though it's a really hard thing, um, it's, it can be very, most things are very beneficial to have happened to you in the right light. Um, and I think that's what improv kind of does is like, okay, here we are. I'm a spider. What does this make possible for me and my life and my character and who I am and how I feel? Um, and so, yeah, I mean, play. And thinking about how how this you know can help make more things possible in your life. So good. All right, Summer. What's uh what's Summer's big dream? My big dream in in life. Yep. Oh boy. Gosh. Life um, and business. I I mean I know my purpose is to love and inspire others and to be loved and inspired by others. Mm -hmm. um, so that's that's my big dream. I want to do that through the gifts that I have and being in my zone of genius and joy and helping others be in their zone of genius and joy. I want to make more and work less. I want to help others make more and work less. So I think that's the dream. I think that's the dream, baby. All right. So what's, what's, how, what are you going to do in 2023 to make that happen? <laughs> okay. Well, my big goal in 2023 is to speak to 20 masterminds. So I want to like, provide value to to the members of 20 different masterminds so that's my big dream it's a big goal i think it's it's, it's a it's an achievable one but it's a big one um and so i just i just want to share the message and, and talk to people about efficiency people processes focus and rhythms for accountability um so that's the dream that's the goal this year that's fantastic yeah. all right summer we we end every episode with the guests sharing their words of wisdom to our entrepreneurial audience that's listened to you know, 40 minutes of, of wisdom already, but what is, what is summer's words of wisdom that you would leave somebody with? Trust the process. <laughs> mm. Just trust the process. It's not all easy and it's not all good, but it's all, it'll all be good in the end. Just trust the process. I think that's really important. Love that. Yeah. Don't quit. <laughs> don't quit. Don't quit before you get it. Don't quit before the magic happens. Yeah. <laughs> Summer, thank you so much for joining me. This has been a, a fantastic conversation. Uh, I'm so inspired and I know that, that our audience will definitely be inspired and be, be looking for ways to connect. And so what, what's the best way to find Summer? TheTimeRich.com or Summer at the Time Rich. If you want to just send me an email, it's always a gift to hear from people. So I'd love to hear from you. This episode is brought to you by Intentional Decisions that lead to massive success. No, those aren't companies promoting our show. They're qualities that you need to build your business and take control of your life. So to help you out, I'm offering my most popular worksheets to help you plan the future you want and audit your calendar today. The best way to get what you want is to know what it is 
and start making sure that your calendar matches. You can download them free today at addvaluemindset.com. If you will take action by just completing these two activities, they will change your life and business. I promise you a new level of results in the coming year. The problem is that we make things so complicated and we lose focus on what is really important. These tools will help you refocus on what matters most. When you align your passion with your purpose in your work, you can be happier and start doing the things you wanted to in the first place, like spending more quality time with the kids. To get your free copy of the tools to start tackling your busy schedule, go to addvaluemindset.com. If you enjoy the show, please like, subscribe, leave a review. But most importantly, if you enjoyed this episode, share it with someone who needs to hear it. Share, share, share. In our next episode, Chris discovered mental toughness tools and has trained the minds of world-famous actors, NFL and NHL coaches, business executives, Super Bowl champions, and billionaires. And he says that he lives a work-free life because he truly loves what he does.